Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, we have the privilege of talking with someone who has come to face their fears uh, throughout life. Now, for many of us, facing our fears and our challenges can be a very difficult thing because, well, it's a fear for a reason. It's something that limits us. It holds us back. It prevents us from being able to move forward or to become focused on moving forward throughout our life. Our guest today is Janice Burt, and Janice is going to talk to us about how through her life and her challenges, she has learned not only how to face her fears, but also how she has overcome them and how she has become focused on forward. So Janice, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. I love, love, love these types of conversations. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I enjoy hearing from people, you know, how they've, you know, had something come up to them and in life, whether it was, you know, whatever the challenge was, whatever the issue was. And I love hearing how people have overcome those things. I think those those types of discussions are helpful because it may not be something that we're dealing with right now. And, and the people who are listening to your story may not be going through all the things that you've gone through, or but there are ways that we can relate those things to other aspects of our life. And I think that's where it gets to be a really helpful and encouraging conversation, uh, not only for myself, but for the audience as well. So you'll notice that probably at some point here that while you're talking, my head's down because I'll be taking notes. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to hear your story, Janice. And, and whenever you're ready, please include us all in your story. Okay. Well, what's funny is I've been kind of trying to work on being more concise. So let's see how I do. <laughs> it's um, it's a long story, but I want to make it as brief as possible and as relatable as possible, like you were saying. So I was raised in Mexico City, born in Sacramento, California, and then moved to Mexico City when I was eight years old. And lived there for five years of my life, which were very formative years, where I learned Spanish, fell in love with the culture and the people. And so I consider myself kind of half Mexican. And then when I was 13 years old, we moved back to the United States and I was basically thrown into junior high halfway through the year. So it's kind of an awkward age anyway. And mm -hmm. then going from in Mexico, I was um, almost idolized. It was a very interesting thing to be in Mexico City, looking the way I do with blonde hair, blue eyes. And so I was different than everybody else, but apparently it was what they considered different good. And so <clears throat> everybody wanted to touch my hair. They wanted to talk to me and be my friend. So my self-esteem was really high living there. 
And then coming back to the United States, I was prescribed these Coke bottle glasses, you know, where it makes your eyes look super tiny. (laughs) And I go into junior high and I'm like, wait a minute, why are people not only not wanting to be my friend, but they're actually laughing at me, pointing at me, trying to pants me on the, uh, on the track and field as we're running around. I mean, so from my pedestal that I was on, I came crashing down. What's that? I said, I'm sure. Yes. So I think that was my entry into this world of fear and not good enough because from a young age, right around then I started struggling a lot with not feeling good enough, not feeling wanted, um, not feeling special. And I think it's because I had it and then I lost it. So that was part of my story. And due to some of those fears that I developed in my early years, like teenage years and stuff like that, uh, I really feel like I was held in this prison of fear, which I know probably some people can relate to on some level or, or another where you have an experience and it's you perceive it as being negative or it feels very negative. And from that, there's this fear of that ever happening again, of ever feeling that way again and carrying that with us through life. So one of those events was in high school. I was 16. I was on the speech and debate team because literally since I was a child, my dad nicknamed me Chatterbox because I love talking. And so I do the speech and debate and I get to the finals of this speech competition. Well, we couldn't use our notes at this point. And I'm telling you, Tim, I knew that speech like the back of my hand because I had done it so many times, but I stood up there. I see all these eyeballs just staring at me and it's quiet and everybody's just hanging on my every word. And there's like a $5,000 scholarship on the line. And I forgot my lines halfway through the speech. Like my mind just went blank. Sure. And it was probably 30 or 45 seconds that I just stood there and I bowed my head down, closed my eyes, just like, dear God, please, something just, I couldn't even think of my name. Just nothing was coming to me. So that event caused me to live in this place of fear and not speak publicly for 20 years. That's how imprisoned I I made myself. Because ultimately it is a choice to step through our fears, to walk through them, to face them. And I just refused to for 20 years. Um, But my moment of transformation was my divorce. I was very codependent in my marriage. We were married for 14 years. We were high school sweethearts. He was my everything, the sun, the moon, my God, my everything revolved around him. So when that was gone, I was faced with the deepest pain and heartbreak, you know, that I had ever experienced. And that was the moment of transformation. And it never feels like that at the time. It just feels really, really crappy. 
but that was when I realized there was nobody else left to blame. I couldn't be codependent anymore because he wasn't there. And I needed to start working on myself and take personal responsibility for my own life. Okay. So let me ask you this. You, you said that you were, you had a codependent relationship and, and you were so heavily entwined into your ex-husband's, um, you know, with you and your life. And, and, and in many ways, uh, that's a very, you know, in a, in a long-term relationship, that becomes a very normal thing that the that two people become so very intertwined. Now, after the divorce, though, you saw the the issue with with that. How long did it take until you know from the point of of going through the divorce to the point of hitting that actual transformation? Was it for you? Uh, because some people, you know, when when that at going through the 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 motions of divorce, uh, they're they're dealing with uh, anxiety, depression. There's there's some other issues that start coming to the surface uh, because of that. Did you have to handle any of those things? And and then what was the transformation time? Oh, yes. I mean, I there were days I just did not want to get out of bed. There were days where I had so much anxiety. I don't know that you would label it a panic attack, um, but it felt like, you know, an elephant was sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe very well. And um, really, I mean, a heartbreak is almost indescribable, uh, you know, unless you go through it and feel the pain of it. It There were times I was like, oh my God, this is going to kill me. Like, I just felt like I, I was going to die. Um, so I would say really bad kind of that type of depression. And it's a journey. It is a journey, but really yeah. bad depression and anxiety probably dealt with that for 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 a solid year two years okay um but as i was dealing with that i knew like it felt like it was sucking me under so for me to kind of take my power back and like i said take personal responsibility for my life i decided i need to do something that i've never done before i need to show up in life in a way that has always scared me. So I looked around and I was like, what's kind of, what's a thing that's scary or hard? And running came up, a marathon. <clears throat> Actually, I hadn't even thought about doing the marathon. I just thought of doing half a marathon because it felt impossible for okay. me to do that. And I felt like if I could prove to myself that I'm strong, that, that I can do something that I thought was impossible, then I felt I could respect myself more and, and show myself more love and, um, and acceptance and, and build a sense of self. Because a lot of times in codependent relationships, that's part of the problem, is we don't continue or even start to build a solid sense of self and know no. who I am, what I like, what my boundaries are, what right. 
what my purpose in life is. And those things kind of fall by the wayside to please somebody else, to feel validation from somebody else, those types of things. So yeah, a lot of times people kind of hit a plateau in the relationship and that's, that's their emotional and personal development. It just kind of stops right there. The relationship continues, but their personal development hits that plateau and all the things that you were just talking about, those those are no longer the things that are the focus. And not, you know, and, and and for a healthy relationship, you have to have a mixture of both personal growth and relationship growth. There has to be both. Yes. Yes. Definitely agree. But yeah, there's I mean, time frames are kind of hard. I think people grieve differently and there's oh absolutely you know, processes for that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mine, my divorce was about nine years ago. And there are moments even to this day where I grieve and there's, there are feelings around that. And uh, so I just think something that really helped me was focusing on my own wellness, my own personal development, my own self growth and and building that muscle it's a muscle just like Mm -hmm. you know anything else and so going out and doing the things that scared me putting myself out there speaking was another one of those things so i decided to join toastmasters and mind you everything i did was with a group of people so i guess i can't stress that enough that that having people around you, having a community of like-minded individuals uh, helps so much in the process of facing fears and moving forward in life. Okay. All right. Let's talk about about this process of, of moving forward. So you mentioned there was a couple of different things that you did. What was it like for you in during this transformation because you know you can you you know we can use the term liberating we could use the term uh, uh some people have other people that i've talked to have talked about it being a revelation of self and uh, of self-emotion and self-awareness and and things like this so for you how did the process personally affect you was did was this something that was it, uh the self-revelation if, if that's the way it worked for you was it something that happened gradually or is it something that as you did this first thing you went oh man I could have been doing all this all along it was very gradual and I had moments of revelation it is like that onion I feel like as you peel back certain layers more things are then revealed and one of the real transformative things for me was hypnotherapy. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of hypnotherapy or I have, yeah. Experienced it. Okay. So I had a hypnotherapy session and I'm from my parents were missionaries in Mexico, so a very fundamentalist um Christian type of family. And so I I never thought I would go to hypnotherapy, but I thought, well, I'm gonna give this a try. And it was so revealing because in a deep state of relaxation, I saw and felt the fear that was inside of me. Okay. And before then I had never realized that I was subconsciously living from a place of fear. So 
all of my decisions were being guided by fear. And I wasn't even aware of that. So as soon as I had that revelation, and it was just deep within myself that I saw that, uh, then I had an experience of actually visualizing or seeing in my mind's eye, the highest version of myself, which was this woman standing on a cliff. And I, I can picture it. I, and I actually hired somebody to paint it. So I have a huge painting in my bedroom of the highest version of myself, uh, standing on a cliff in a white flowing dress, shoulders back, heart forward, looking out onto, you know, onto the ocean, the water, and just a feeling of complete peace and love and confidence, like this confident humility um, sorry, whoops, my email. So that was also a revelation. Like that is me, okay. that's me. Whereas before the vision I had of myself, and I also had a, a picture not drawn, but taken. So when I give speeches, I can show the difference was me with mud on my face, covering my hair, shoulders hunched over feeling like a drowned rat like a useless, horrible, ugly, no good person, unlovable. So this contrast of what I believed myself to be before and the place that I made all of my decisions from was this drowned rat version of myself. Right. As soon as I saw the woman on the cliff who was a powerful confident and purposeful woman, I had a vision of then what I could step into and who I truly was underneath all the layers of fear and experiences and trauma and all the things that happen in, in our past. Okay. So if you're dealing with fear um, and you're listening to Janice's story, you might wonder what she has done to help herself on a daily basis to help her get through those things. Because fear isn't something that just takes a vacation permanently and walks away. It's something that's always going to kind of creep back up into our lives. It's always going to try and, and overtake our psyches and overtake our emotions and, and prevent us from doing things. So Janice, how do you keep yourself focused on moving forward every day when, when these uh, random fears pop up and they, and because they can, and they will. And, you know, how is it that you keep yourself moving forward? So in yoga, there's a really <clears throat> cool expression or, uh, I don't know, expression saying, um, when you're leading somebody in a practice and you tell them to balance effort with ease. Okay. And I love that because for me, that's kind of been, the sweet spot is balancing effort and action with sitting in stillness and being self-aware, introspective. So meditating would be a good example versus okay. <clears throat> going out and doing something to face your fear. Like, for instance, two years ago, I signed up 
to do to compete in a bodybuilding competition because I've always had body image issues and I've always been very competitive with other women and the whole comparing yourself and sure. not feeling good enough, all that stuff. So I was like, well, what, how could I boldly like do something <clears throat> really kind of out there to walk through that fear? And when I was in cycling class one day, the instructor started talking about a bodybuilding competition that she was going to compete in. And I had that gut feeling, which I've had in the past with things that said, that's what you need to do. So as soon as I get that gut, like that's the one, and I'm filled with fear, mind you, terrified, like, no, 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 no. You did not just have that, that inkling that didn't just happen. I want to run from it, but I can't run from myself. I know, I know what I experienced and what I felt and that I have to then walk through that. So I made that decision. I joined again, a training group and just started working out and eating just healthy. I didn't do anything crazy. It was a natural bodybuilding competition and ended up competing in that and felt yes, nervous and scared and all of the things, <laughs> but also sure. this beautiful feeling of unity with every single woman that was up there and this feeling of taking my power back because here were, you know, these judges literally taking notes and like s placing you in like, you're this number, you're not that you're better, right. you're worse, which is kind of like has been one of my worst fears. So taking your power back by doing something that scares you but that you just feel if you walk through that fear no longer has you in prison and it really doesn't matter how that event goes how it turns out what matters truly is that we take that key that we have in our back pocket we unlock that prison door of fear and we walk through it to the other side, which is freedom. It is peace and it's beauty because nothing is holding you back at that point. Okay, excellent. What would you say is, is the most affected personality trait that you've had since this transformation of going from this codependent relationship to being the, the woman that, that's talking to us today? effective personality trait what is the most affected personality trait that you had because you know some of us when it comes to our personality traits so some of us you know there's um you know we, we work on our patients we work on um you know maybe you know not being as snappy on different things or you know because different journeys affect us in different ways and, and so what i'm trying to figure out here is is if you noticed there was a change in your personality and which which a trait do you feel has been affected the most? Um, I would say being courageous, being brave, being determined, uh, being resilient. Actually, that's probably a key one, <clears throat> which is just that bounce back, that never giving up. Uh, as crappy as I feel 
after maybe giving a speech and I just feel like, oh, I didn't do as well. Or there's that vulnerability hangover because <laughs> I tend to be very open about sure. my life. And I lived for so long in fear of disclosing things and about and of being real and authentic that now that's really what I want to be is I just want to be me. I want to show up powerfully as me. And sometimes there is that thing that they call a vulnerability hangover where you feel super crappy because you're like, what did I just tell the whole world? Oh my gosh. And, um, <laughs> but you know, there's then I'll kind of allow that feeling. Cause that's also what I've discovered is I used to repress a lot of emotion. And so now I allow myself to feel what I'm feeling, to kind of have it run through my body and do what it needs to do, cry, you know, hit some pillows, um, go to bed for like two hours in the middle of the day, whatever. That's awesome. And get that out of my system. And then I wake up and it's a new day. Nice. And I feel like, okay, I'm ready to do this again. I can... I can do something and have it not be perfect again, and it's not right. going to kill me. And then it gets easier and easier and easier the more we do it, and you start trusting that process. Like, oh, yeah, it's going right. to be okay. I'm going to feel crappy for a couple hours, maybe a couple days, and then I'm going to bounce back, and I'm going to be okay, and all is good in the world again. Right. But the overriding feeling is I can do this. I know yeah. how to do this. I can do this. I can move forward with this. Excellent. Okay. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. And now back to Focused on Forward. So, Janice, I have two questions that I ask every single guest that's ever been on our show. And so I'm going to ask you those questions. Don't worry, they're, they're not stumpers. Uh, <laughs> uh, but looking back over the entirety of your journey, what's the single greatest lesson that you have learned? The single greatest lesson, I would say, is... Truly figuring out this self-love thing mm -hmm. and to love oneself involves a lot. And it's about the way we talk to ourselves, that soundtrack that is running in our head, the things we say to ourselves, uh, the actions that we take. So uh, following through on commitments is huge because then we start building up this self-respect and 
and deep self-love. So for me, really figuring out how to love myself so that then I can impact others. So that then when I say yes, my yes comes from a yes, not because I'm people pleasing and I'm trying to get validation from somebody or feel good about myself. No, it comes from a solid sense of self and I can impact and be there for other people in a way that if I didn't work on myself and if I was still trying to get a lot of validation from external sources, it just, it, it wouldn't work. So that I would say self-love. Okay, good. Good answer. All right. Next question. Looking back over the entirety of your journey, what's the single greatest piece of advice that you've been given? Oh my goodness. You said these weren't stumpers, Tim. Okay, I, li <laughs> I lied. They're sort of stumpers. <laughs> I'm like, wow, greatest piece of advice. Um, I mean, there's so many things that I have learned over, especially these nine or 10 years. Sure. Um, if it helps, I can tell you mine that I oh, learned okay. over my journey. Sure. So long time ago, I had somebody tell me, it doesn't matter how you fall. It matters that you get up. Mm. And so that has become something that it's almost uh, a household mantra. Uh, with my family and with my kids are growing and, and, and they're learning different things. And that, you know, I, I need feel the need to remind them that we're all imperfect and we're going to make mistakes and we're all going to stumble. So it doesn't matter that we fall. It matters that we get up. It matters that we keep trying and we keep moving forward. And so that's, you know, that was the greatest piece of advice that I was given. And I got that when I was about 16, 17 years of age and I'm 44 now. And so that has carried with me all through these years and I still remember it like it was given to me yesterday wow. because, because of the impact it had on me then. And I think still the impact that a simple saying has now, because yeah. instead of beating ourselves up for making a mistake, instead of beating ourselves up for maybe not hitting the mark that somebody else has put out there for us, it's okay. I did the best that I could. I'm going to brush myself off. I'm going to give it another try. And you yes. keep moving forward. You keep doing. So that for me, that's the greatest piece of advice that I've been given. So two things came to mind as you were talking about that. The first is to be authentically you. Mm -hmm. uh, that because I lived for so long being what everybody else wanted me to be, when I discovered that it's okay to be me, exactly as I am and show up with my mind being blank, show up, not knowing how to answer a question, show up, just show up. Right. So showing up, being authentically who you are is huge. And another thing that came to me when you were talking about that was that we can do hard things. We mm -hmm. can do hard things because so many times we talk ourselves out and we feel like, you know, it's too much. I don't want to do it. We can do hard things that will then impact our lives forever. 
and contribute to a feeling of peace and fulfillment and meaning and love and all the good things that we want in our lives. And by the way, I'm also 44. So yeah, 76. There you go. Bicentennial babies. That's all right. right. So yeah, it's amazing how quickly the, our, our mind, our psyche tries to discredit us when we're going through something. We automatically uh, you know, knock IQ points off of ourselves. We automatically uh, knock ability points off of ourselves that, you know, oh, I, I can't do that. I'm not I'm not able to do that. But yeah, so that's good. It's good to remind ourselves that we can do hard things. Uh, it's amazing what the human mind and the human body can do when pressed into a corner and uh, we, we force it to do things. Yeah, we are incredibly made. So it's incredible to see that kind of go. Okay, excellent. I like both of those answers. Very good. See, you passed with flying colors. No worries. I just need a little help on the final exam. That's, that's all. okay. You, you phoned a friend. So um, unfortunately, we don't have a million dollars for you, but you know. All right. So Janice, if people are interested in finding out more about you and your story, where's a good place for them to go to find out more about Janice Burt? So I have two websites. One is JaniceBurt.com. Go figure. And the other is SpanishJanice.com. And both of those places, they has a contact me form. Actually, on JaniceBurt.com, there's also a calendar link. So if you wanted to schedule a call with me, you could do that on there. But that's where you, where you could find me. Excellent. Uh, we'll make sure that we put those in the description of this episode so that people can find a way to reach out to you and, and interact with you. Uh, Janice, thank you so much for, for being a guest on Focused on Forward today. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and I'm hoping that um, you know people are able to listen to your story, be inspired by it, and empowered by it, realizing that they, in fact, can do hard things. Yes, yes. Get it. Do it. I'm rooting for you. There you go. Excellent. All right, Janice, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. That's going to conclude us today on Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.